Hey, you guys in radio know everything, right? I mean, I can call you up and like, ask you a, a question and you know the answer, right? Or somebody there does. I mean, like, you know everything about music, right? Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xonophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, Harry Merker gets his very own segment for the first time, and we'll stay at the YMCA, but at the suggestion of listener Alan in New York City, we're starting off the show with yet another episode of One Thing, One in, thing common. in Common. You know, that's where we play records which seemingly have nothing whatsoever to do with each other, but in fact have One Thing in Common. There are ten records this time, and it may take you a while, but I think by about the eighth record, most everyone will have figured out what the common thread is. And instead of sets of records, I'm going to play them one at a time. So let's get started with James P. Johnson. All aboard for Atlanta, Birmingham, New Orleans, and Chicago on track number seven. Thank you. 
Well, that was quite the musical train trip with James P. Jimmy Johnson and his orchestra and Chicago Blues from Columbia 14334, recorded June 18, 1928. Perry Bradford was the train conductor announcing the stops of Atlanta, Birmingham, New Orleans, and Chicago. Also in the band, trumpeter Cootie Williams, reedman Charlie Holmes, James P. and Fats Waller on piano, and Joe Watts on string bass. Columbia 14334 was recorded June 18, 1928. Chicago Blues was written in 1924 by Paul Bees, James Altier, and S. Walter Williams, better known as Spencer Williams. Next up in this 10-record One Thing in Common, the Dixie Stompers. Dixie Stompers were a smaller eight-piece group formed from the regular 11-piece Fletcher Henderson Orchestra, specifically to record for Columbia's Budget Harmony label in the late 1920s, 
And there they were with St. Louis Shuffle from Harmony 467, recorded March 23, 1927. Henderson's full orchestra recorded St. Louis Shuffle for the full-price Victor label about a month later on April 27th. St. Louis Shuffle was written by Jack Pettis and Fats Waller. With this next record, we're going to go back a few years to 1908 for some classic ragtime played by the Xonophone Concert Band. Xonophone Concert Band with some classic ragtime from 1908, The Smiler, written by Percy Wenrick. There's actually an important clue in the subtitle of this tune, but I'm not going to reveal it, because I think it's a bit too much information to give this early in the game, and you'd probably guess the one thing in common. The current official song and anthem of the state of Oklahoma is Oklahoma, composed and written by Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein. It was adopted as the state song in 1953 and replaced Oklahoma A Toast, written in 1905, before Oklahoma was even a state, by Harriet Parker Camden of Kingfisher, Oklahoma. It had been the state song since 1935, narrowly beating out Oklahoma Sweet Land of My Dreams, but was considered by many to be too slow and too much like a funeral dirge. 
I can only hope Harriet Parker Camden didn't live long enough to suffer seeing her song supplanted by a Broadway show tune written by a non-Oklahoman. But there's yet another song that figures into this intrigue, and here it is. Wherever I may be Wherever I may roam I always seem to see The place I call my home In old Oklahoma Beneath the western skies Where folks all say hi, stranger And friendship never dies In old Oklahoma Where cowboys sing all day The Indians play their tom-toms Without a word to say Coyotes on the hilltop Tell their lonesome tale They say settle down you doggies It's twilight on the trail In old Oklahoma Beneath the western sky I've lived there until now, boys I'll live there till I die Coyotes on the hilltop Tell their lonesome tale They say settle down, you doggies It's twilight on the trail In old Oklahoma Beneath the western sky I've lived there until now, boys I live there till I die Till I die Till I die I'll live there till I die Truman Virgil Tomlin, better known as Pinky Tomlin, with In Old Oklahoma from DECA 2014, recorded August 15, 1938. In Old Oklahoma was written by Pinky Tomlin and dedicated to Will Rogers. Remember Oklahoma A Toast and Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma? Well, in 1938, Pinky Tomlin's In Old Oklahoma was named as Oklahoma's state song by the Oklahoma State Junior Chamber of Commerce. 
And right on the record label, it says the official Oklahoma State song dedicated to Will Rogers. Unfortunately, I don't think folks paid much attention to the Junior Chamber of Commerce or the record label. While attending the University of Oklahoma, Pinky Tomlin wrote a song for a fellow student, Joanne Alcorn, whom he would later marry. The original composition was arranged by Coy Poe and recorded in 1934 by Jimmy Greer, with Tomlin providing the vocal. You've probably heard that Pinky Tomlin song, The Object of My Affection. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to a special One Thing in Common edition of the show with 10 records. The title of record number five in this special One Thing in Common edition of the show is El Amarillo. And, of course, amarillo is the Spanish word for the color yellow. Here's Mexican accordionist Narciso Martinez. Narciso Martinez was born October 29, 1911, in Reynosa, Mexico, and raised near Brownsville, Texas. When he was 17, he learned to play accordion from German and Czech families in the area. A couple of years later, he started playing with guitarist Santiago Almeida and established a new sound identified as Tex-Mex Conjunto music. 
Given the nickname El Huracan del Valle by a local talent broker, Martinez came to the attention of Eli Oberstein and began recording for Bluebird around 1935, eventually making hundreds of records. In 1937, Don Narciso expanded his repertoire to include Cajun and polka music, and he recorded under pseudonyms including Louisiana Pete and Polish Joe. We just heard El Amarillo from Bluebird 3233, recorded October 24, 1938, with Santiago Almeida on guitar. Following World War II, Martinez recorded with Ideal Records in Texas and played the Tejano Dancehall Circuit, touring around Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Narciso Martinez died in 1992 of leukemia. We advertise toe-tapping music from the 1920s and 30s, but I've always pushed that envelope a bit when the topic or circumstances demanded it. Lately, it seems like it's getting pushed further and more often, but that's okay. This One Thing in Common segment demands that I do it again, so here's Roy Rogers from 1948. I've been living in the western part of Texas, rounding up the cattle and the strays, but I'm getting mighty tired and restless, gonna saddle my horse in one of these days. I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop to Gallup, New Mexico. Wanna get back where the grass is green to the prettiest gal you've ever seen. I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop to Gallup, New Mexico. Jump in my saddle and away I go to Gallup, New Mexico. You wonder why I've been so lonely For the hills of old New Mexico Got a gal back there who's my one and only Giddy up, old pal, I'm ready to go I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop To Gallup, New Mexico I wanna get back where the grass is green To the prettiest gal you've ever seen I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop To Gallup, New Mexico Gonna jump in my saddle and away I go to Gallup, New Mexico. I've been up around Montana and Wyoming, even through the hills of Tennessee. But I know that all the time I've been roaming, there's a gal I love who's waiting for me. I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop to Gallup, New Mexico. I wanna get back where the grass is green to the prettiest gal you've ever seen. I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop to Gallup, New Mexico. Gonna jump in my saddle and away I go to Gallup, New Mexico. Leonard Franklin Sly, better known as the King of the Cowboys, Roy Rogers in June of 1948 with I'm gonna gallop, gallop, gallop to Gallup, New Mexico. 
which, if you haven't figured it out already, may just be the clue you needed for this episode of One Thing in Common. I'm Gonna Gallop, Gallop, Gallop to Gallop, New Mexico was written by Lois Sheridan and Dan Franklin and was issued on RCA Victor 20-2917. As a kid, when I was old enough to have a big boy bed, it had a chenille double R bar ranch bedspread on it with a colorful raised relief scene of the entrance to the ranch with the double R bar brand. To this day, I can feel the texture of that material. I still have a picture that my dad took of my brother and me sleeping beneath it with our cat Tuffy curled up next to us on top of it. All together now. Aww. If you haven't already figured out the one thing in common with the records so far, maybe this next one will help. It may be by the East Texas Serenaders, but they're playing a tune about Arizona. five-piece country music ensemble, the East Texas Serenaders, was formed in Lindale, Texas in 1927 and originally consisted of frontman Daniel Huggins-Williams, a left-handed fiddler, John Munnerlin on banjo, guitarist Clote Hammond, a second unidentified guitarist, and Henry Bogan on cello of all instruments and a three-stringed cello at that. Oh, and by the way, folks down in East Texas pronounce it cello. 
Despite not being full-time musicians and having other jobs, the group managed to perform regionally at house parties, social events, and civic functions around Smith and Wood counties, graduating to the Adolphus and Baker Hotels in Dallas. They quickly became popular enough to land a contract with Columbia in 1927, where they made two sides on December 2nd. Over the next couple of years, they recorded 14 sides for Brunswick, and their final recording session for DECA on February 20, 1937, resulted in 10 issued sides, including the one we heard, Arizona Stomp, written by Daniel Huggins-Williams, the left-handed fiddle player in the band. We're going to gently push that envelope one more time for this next record by Spike Jones and the City Slickers. Cowboy from Old Barstow, and the barroom is his range. His hitching post is the old brass rail, and he'll rustle a drink with your change. Oh, his horse is right, and he sure rides high when he gets a drink or two. He's a barstool cowboy from Old Barstow, and his brand is an IOU. When the last roundup's in order And the boys stampede for the bar He's nearly south of the border But he'll rope them in for just one more He's a barstool cowboy from Old Barstow And the barroom is his range His hitching post is the old brass rail If he can rustle a drink with your chain He's home, home on the range. Spike Jones in his City Slickers with Barstool Cowboy from Old Barstow. Described on the label of Bluebird 11364 as a bright two-step. Del Porter was the vocalist on that August 8, 1941 recording. Barstool Cowboy was written by Cindy Walker, and unless you're a serious country music fan, you've probably never heard of her. Even though her songwriting career spanned five decades and produced over 500 recordings of her songs by everyone from Bing Crosby to Willie Nelson to Michael Buble. 
She was born July 20, 1918, on her grandparents' farm in Mart, Texas, and lived most of her life in a town in the Waco, Texas area, spelled M-E-X-I-A. Mexicans pronounce that Mejia, but I'm told most Texans pronounce it Mejia. And my wife, who's from Muleshoe, Texas, says it's pronounced Meher. <laughs> Cindy Walker wrote her first song, Dusty Skies, when she was just 12, and the first song she sold was Lone Star Trail to Bing Crosby while accompanying her parents on a trip to Los Angeles. Cindy Walker died of natural causes on March 23, 2006, in Meher, Texas. I was born in Virginia, but soon after, my dad, who was in the Air Force, got reassigned to Norton Air Force Base in San Bernardino, California, which is where I grew up and lived until going to San Diego State in 1968. We're really going to push the envelope with this next record, made in 1971, but it's an important clue in this episode of One Thing in Common. Oh, oh, oh. 
In the early 1800s, the area of San Bernardino in inland Southern California was named by Father Francisco de Metz after the 15th century Italian priest and Franciscan missionary St. Bernardino of Siena, and the city of San Bernardino was incorporated on April 4, 1854. Now, how an English band, which never visited or had any ties to San Bernardino, would come to write and record a song about it is beyond me. But there you have the English band Christie with their 1971 single, San Bernardino. The correct spelling of the city is San Bernardino, with an R in the middle, but it's spelled on the label of that DJ copy 45 on the epic label as San Bernardino leaving out the R. Why, I don't know, but it doesn't make a difference syllable-wise, and most people don't pronounce the R anyway. That record reached number 5 in Germany, 7 in the UK, and 10 and 15 in Italy and Spain, but barely charted here in the U.S., hitting 100 on January 30, 1971. Here's the final record in this 10-record One Thing in Common, and if you think you've figured out what the common thread is, this might have you thinking again. At least until I tell you who it's by.
uh, you've got to love any record with castanets or slide whistle in the orchestration, but to have them both on the same record is a rare treat indeed. Neapolitan Nights, written by Harry D. Kerr and John Stepan Zemeshnik from Victor 19789, recorded August 5, 1925. So, have you figured out the one thing in common those ten records share? That's right! They all refer to cities mentioned in the song Route 66. Bobby Troop, former pianist with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, wrote the song Route 66 in 1946 while traveling to California with his wife on Route 66. It was released by Nat King Cole just a week after Troop arrived in L.A. Legislation for public highways first appeared in 1916 and the numerical designation 66 for the Chicago to Los Angeles Highway was made in 1926. It was reported as continually paved in 1938. Most of the record's connections to Route 66 are obvious, but a couple of notes. I said I was leaving out a piece of information about the Smiler Reg, and that is that it's subtitled a Joplin Reg, and the connection is to Joplin, Missouri. Although, according to the song, the western terminus of the highway is Los Angeles, it's technically Santa Monica, which is why the tenth record I played was Neapolitan Nights. So what does Neapolitan Nights have to do with it? Well, it was performed by Don Clark and his La Monica Ballroom Orchestra. The La Monica Ballroom opened on July 23, 1924, on the Santa Monica Pier. It was designed by T.H. Eslick with a Spanish facade and French Renaissance interior and was the largest dance hall on the West Coast with a 15,000-square-foot maple floor accommodating up to 5,000 dancers. It played host to country music star Spade Cooley's television show from 1948 to 1954 when it was turned into a roller skating rink until 1963 when it was demolished. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. One of my favorite records ever is Etiquette Blues by Bob Pierce, and one of the things that I love about that record is the charming piano accompaniment provided by Harry Merker, M-E-R-K-U-R. A few weeks ago, you heard Harry accompany Bob again on My Old Man from Edison 19236, on which label Harry Merker was credited quite unusual at the time. Harry No Middle Name Merker was born September 9, 1900, to Adolph and Nettie Merker. He had two older brothers, Louis and Samuel, and two younger sisters, Pauline and Hannah. At the age of 12, Harry was rendered totally blind in an accident involving scalding milk, and only after he was sightless did he take up the piano. Fortunately, he recovered his sight after several years and apparently came from a musical family, because at the time of the 1920 census, Harry, his two brothers, and his father were all employed as hotel musicians. Harry was pianist with the Ipana Troubadours on radio, and Harry Merker's orchestra was heard regularly on the NBC radio network from New York in 1929. Harry was a sideman at the American Record Corporation in the 1930s, and in the late 30s and into the 1940s, Harry and Joe Moresco played on matching baby grand pianos accompanying countless amateurs on Major Bowe's radio program, The Original Amateur Hour. Harry Merker died in August of 1982. 
The following three records are all vocals, but pay particular attention to the piano accompaniment, including a couple of solos by Harry Merker. I'm sure you'll understand just what I mean. Everybody, why, everywhere is falling for her now. I'm talking about the new Ford, and boy, it's sure a wow. Lay off people, lay off folks, none of your sarcastic jokes. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. No more bruises, no more aches. Since she's gone, those four-wheel brakes. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. She's even got a rumble seat and lots of style and class. The horn just seems to holler out, toot toot, thou shall not pass. The Lincoln cars just yell out loud that they are mighty, mighty proud. Since Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. You'll agree she's just the one for you and me. She's everything that anyone could ask. Sitting pretty, yes I am. With her I'm always found. You ought to see a chassis. It's sure the best around. Do you who 
someone new takes my place when I'm gone. Who's your sweetheart? Will you wait for me? Wait for me. Who's your sweetheart? Soon I'll be. Soon I'll be rolling high back to my Indiana and you. Who's your sweetheart? Say who? When the moon was out of sight along the Wabash, how the love light in your eyes lightened up the darkened skies. I first held you in my arms along the Wabash, and you promised to be cool as I made my vows to you. Who's your sweetheart? Sweetheart, tell me who do you woo when I stay away too long? Is it true someone new takes my place when I'm gone? Everybody speaks well of her. Oh, ain't she ducky? I'm on my way, just rolling high back to my Indiana and you. Who's your sweetheart? Say who? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
to say that that record, Harmony 568, recorded January 6, 1928, is a very recent addition to my own personal collection, purchased specifically for this segment, and as you can hear, is an E-plus condition. Jack Kaufman with There Ought to Be a Law Against That, written by Cliff Friend and Irving Caesar. In the 1950s, there was a comic strip written by Art Fagley titled There Ought to Be a Law which was carried in our local San Bernardino Sun-Telegram newspaper, and invariably, every evening while watching the news on television, at some point during the broadcast, in response to some story, my dad would grumble, Ah, there ought to be a law. Before that, another of my dad's favorites, the Smith Brothers, Trade and Mark with Hoosier Sweetheart, subtitled Say Who, written by Joe Goodwin, Paul Ash, and Billy Basquette. That's from Victor 20477, recorded February 1st, 1927. For purposes of that record, the Smith brothers were Scrappy Lambert and Billy Hillpot, but their characters were derived from the original real brothers, William Wallace Smith and Andrew Smith, who produced and advertised the first cough drops in America in 1852. Originally, the drops were sold from glass jars on drugstore countertops, but to prevent unscrupulous retailers from selling generic drops as the real thing, the company began selling the drops in boxes, stamped with the Bearded Brothers' portraits, and the word trade under the picture of William, and the word mark under Andrews. The brand is still alive, barely, currently owned by Lane's Brands of Bedford, New Hampshire. We started our tribute to Harry Merker with the flip side of There Ought to Be a Law Against That, made in the same January 6, 1928 session, Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. Walter O'Keefe wrote it and recorded it himself as a personal record about three months after Jack Kaufman. The song refers to Henry Ford's new Model A, a stylish car which replaced the outdated and unattractive Model T, known as the Tin Lizzie. And we've got just enough time left for me to give you a little bit of sunshine.
Walter Davison's Louisville Loons with an unidentified vocalist on Give Me a Little Bit of Sunshine from Columbia 1031, recorded April 23, 1927. Pianist Walter Davison was actually from Detroit and in the 19-teens worked as manager of a piano roll company, possibly the Farrand Organ Company, which produced Sicilian brand piano rolls. He formed his band in the 20s, played at movie theaters, and made half a dozen sides for Columbia and Cameo. After a decade or so, the band broke up around 1936, and Walter went to work in the advertising department of the Ford Motor Company. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.